So we're continuing on this journey that we've been exploring, the journey of Yitziat Mitzrayim, of uh, the leaving of Mitzrayim, the place of constriction, the place of narrowness, uh, towards the promised land, towards uh, an enjoyment, a service, uh, a living out in service of the divine. And... This week's parsha, Parashat B'Shalach, is quite significant along that way. It's actually B'Shalach, it's a, the departure. And it involves the, uh, the splitting of the sea. And before the splitting of the sea, uh, there's quite a significant moment. And it's a moment which is quite familiar to us, because they're standing on uh, on the kind of the edge of the the river, right? And it's the the kind of classical we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. On the one hand, here are our pursuers coming to kill us, and on the other hand, well, actually, there's there's nowhere to go. In that sense, and imagine if we just put ourselves like the Pizetzna Rebbe uh, invites us to do in the place in the experience of B'nai Israel in that moment. So what are we feeling? What is the experience of being in that place? Fear. Yeah, fear. Like, oh my God. Right? Probably a good deal of anxiety. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. There's nowhere to go. Panic attack. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Disbelief. Disbelief, yeah. Like, um, and what gets them out of that experience is quite striking, which is according to the teaching, right, is Nachshon. Nachshon, well, Nachshon plays one role in it. But Nachshon's willingness to step into the sea before it has split meaning to step out of what feels safe and what feels familiar and the habits, the, the ways of being, the options which seem available according to how I've lived and who I've been and the ways that I've responded in the past, and to step into something new. And that's where everything opens up. Stepping in before we know with certainty, ah, it's going to be okay, but having the courage to try something different and to step into that, step into the unexplored. Instead of waiting for things to work out and then kind of following, it's a whole different, it's a whole different approach. And one of my favorite teachings uh, is, is brought by the... Um, his name right. One of the the students of the Magid of Mezrich, Tzema Hashem Litzvi, one of the early Hasidic masters, and the way that he talks about it is the difference in uh, the singing which happens after Kriyat Yamsuf, which is referred to as Shira, which he brings on the one hand, which is like okay, the miracle happened, and then there's a singing to celebrate, 
And a different kind of singing, which he says is the way that the tzaddikim sing, the people of kind of awakened uh, spiritual consciousness. Uh, and he brings the, the verse from Psalms, Shiru Hashem Shir Chadash. Sing uh, to the divine a new song. And so he contrasts Shira and Shir, the feminine and the masculine. Um, where in, in the particular ways that he's using that language, the feminine in the Kabbalistic understanding is the receptive. So the miracle has then happened, and then there's the receiving of the miracle. And the masculine is the kind of taking the initiative, or is the, what happens first. And so what he says is, And in the, in the time to come, they'll say the song before the miracle. Because the essence, the main thing for them will be to thank, to give appreciation, and to sing. And with great faith, as if all of the miracles had been done. And what's most important for them is the song, is the singing. And the miracle is really secondary or uh, incidental. And by virtue of this kind of singing, sorry, by virtue of this, the singing becomes the zakhar, meaning what comes first, what takes the initiative. And the miracle is the feminine, meaning the result. That actually the miracle comes by virtue of this kind of faith. And it's the singing which they say, which they sing, which causes the miracle to be. That's why it's called a new song. So in this approach, he's saying uh, that, and, and he says it elsewhere before, that uh, Bnei Israel didn't have enough emunah at first, so they sang afterwards in that place. But the kind of the aspiration is to come to a place where we're just singing and we're just thanking. It's a way of being which is independent of conditions, a joy, a uh, gratefulness, which is our starting point rather than a uh, something which comes for us when conditions arise to inspire it, rather than waiting for inspiration, rather than waiting for things to work out, waiting for things to be pleasant. Let's just go ahead and start. Let's just start singing. Singing being a particular action, but also a way of being. So singing is like the equanimity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when so singing, that word shira, uh, the shoresh, the root is related to also to the word lishvot, like to saturate in or to be in. Uh, and so when we're in that kind of intimate uh, way of being with life, with creation, with experience, then song just kind of naturally comes, right? We're filled with with the joy, with the life fullness. When we let ourselves sit deeply in the fullness of life, then we can feel that flow of life, whatever it is. There, life is always moving. It's never static when we pay close, close attention. And so then life kind of sings through us. It sings all kinds of different songs, but there's, a kind of, there's always a moving energy and music which is happening through us.
when we let ourselves be kind of the 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 flute of the divine, right? The breath comes through, it passes through, life life comes through us, and we let it move and play its music when we get out of the way and stop pushing and pulling. And these particular qualities of uh, of gratefulness, of thanking, uh, and of singing, those are kind of um, those are those are really the starting point, the way of being. And that's quite different from our normal way of being, right? Where we tend to wait for things to be a certain way or wait for a cause for celebration rather than, oh, let's just celebrate. Why wait? Why wait for the miracle, for something so special to happen, for nature to be stunning? Those things can still happen and great by all means. But let's go ahead and have that fullness of life, that kind of celebratory, wow, marvel, wonder. It's like, uh, you know, we say in, in tefillah, uh, in liturgy, um, uh, in, in modim, in the place of the practice of gratitude and, and, and acknowledgement, uh, one of the things we mentioned there is, nisecha shebachol imanu, your miracles which are with us every day. It's like Einstein said, either nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. So it's a way of being where life is miraculous. Hmm. And we notice in our practice what it is that's going on inside us that sends us away from the present, that blinds us to the miracle. Right? That's all of the kind of like the frenetic thinking that we do, the unnecessary worry, anxiety, planning, grasping, pushing, regretting, all of those things that we do that get us so caught up in what's happening inside that they obstruct the flow. There's no spaciousness, there's no availability to be touched by life, by creation, inside or outside, because we're so caught up in those things. So that's why we practice. We do practices like we just did, or we work with that intention of, oh, okay, relaxing my grasp on thoughts about the future, releasing my thoughts about the past, letting go into what's present with loving presence, or something along those lines. And we practice again and again, right? Because there's deep habits which are keeping us in that former place. That's why it's no coincidence that the word for emunah, faith, is connected to the word lihitamin, just to train, right? In this sense, emunah is not just, oh, okay, I believe this, but actually training and being able to be in this place that he calls emunagdola, a deeply trained place, a masterful place. And in that place, we see that you know, what, what's coming up in experience, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, actually takes a, uh, a much smaller place when we're full of love, full of gratefulness, full of joy and song, appreciation towards it. If that's always here, it doesn't so much matter what's here. It, I'm only hooked on what's here when I'm waiting for what's here to deliver the song. But if the song's already here, if I'm already okay, so, oh, okay. It's not so vitally important that things have to be this way. An interesting lesson also in the Parsha, can't go with not mentioning, is the, is the man, 
the man, the manna, which is also connected to the word emuna, right? Two of the uh, two of the letters of the shorosh. Um, and I think uh, is emblematic of what this emuna is, a kind of trust that in every moment I can be nourished by what's here. And if I try to hold on to something, then it starts to spoil. Right? The man comes every day, and we can only eat it for this day. And if we try and hoard it, right, get more, then it spoils. It's not nourishing anymore tomorrow. And that's exactly the same thing which happens in us. When we start grasping, trying to hoard to get more out of a fear of kind of like scarcity complex, then we start to be closed off to the nourishment which is available. Because we're not here, we're not receiving what's raining down right now, today, in this moment. The more we can relax, the more we can open, the more we can uh, untrain the unnecessary fight or flight or freeze. There's sometimes where that's useful, and most of the times when it fires, it's not relevant. The more we can relax out of that, the more we can open to what is here, what's already here, and allow ourselves to be deeply nourished, to be deeply touched, to be deeply enlivened by what's here. I think that's why it says uh, in the Midrash that the Torah was only given to those who ate the man. So to be able to open to the, to the life-giving Torah, to the wisdom which is here, to the knowing, we have to have that trust. And I think you know, we know that from our experience, right? In those times when we are really, um, really relaxed, really present, then there's a kind of knowing, right? In my experience, that, that's the, the most trustworthy kind of knowing which comes. The best humor comes in those moments. The best wisdom, the best guidance, the best sense of coherence with the environment. There's uh, a, a couple of years ago, I was walking in um, in Malay Gilboa in the north where I was living at the time and learning in yeshiva. And we were walking down from the Beit Midrash to the dining hall, to the Cheder Ofen. And uh, it was the stunning views there. And I said to one of the younger guys who I was walking with, I said, oh my gosh, look at that view. He goes, yeah, I see it every day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, amazing that you see it every day, but you're like totally numb to it because you're just like, oh, I see it. It's just become normal. That's the Nisecha Shebechoyom Imanu, the miracles which are with us every day. But the question is, am I, am I awake? Am I awake to the miracles? Am I sensitive to them? And that's what we're doing in our practice. Cultivating that awakeness and sensitivity. And it's it's on such a micro level that sometimes it seems like, oh, what am I doing? Like, oh, again the mind wandered, and again I bring it back. And again I try and soften and let go a little bit more. And bring a bit more loving presence and staying put with what's here. But it's that training which is retraining the deep circuitry of the mind. It's certainly a huge part of what has uh, changed my life, created me as I am today. And that kind of dripping hollows out rock, the gentle waters of consistent practice, 
penetrate very deeply. And Bezerat Hashem in the fullness of time as we continue on, on that journey bring us towards the promised land. Promised land which is described as a land flowing milk and honey of that quality of nourishment of sweetness. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, right. It's a land which is which is alive and dynamic and calls on us to show up for that practice, to be in that movement, to be in love. That's Moshe's his final guidance and the heart of the Torah is choose life. And that's what we're doing in our practice again, choosing life again and again. Noticing what life is and choosing to be here with that. 